Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good Friday afternoon to you. Wonderful to be here with you. I'm Nadine Blaney for The Call. Ten companies picked by you, two expert guests, two stock of the days today, all in the course of one hour. It's Friday, the 6th of May, and I am so pleased to welcome to our Barangaroo studios, June Baylou from Tribeca Investment Partners and Adam Dawes from Shaw and Partners. Yes. It's been a long time since we've had this threesome together. <laughs> Absolutely, it's very exciting. It's a good day. Oh, it's not a it's great not day, a day, is it? Yeah, anyway. It's pretty tough out there right now. Look, yeah. I'll timestamp this for those of you listening on the podcast, but we are 12 noon here in Sydney on this Friday afternoon, and the local market is down by two and a half percent. So pretty tough times out there, and that is the context in which we'll be discussing a number of great stocks today. Elmo, Seven West Media, news associated with both of those companies this week, EM Vision Medical Devices, Worley, and ASX. I don't want to waste any time, so I'll get right to the stock of the day. Now, a bit of Friday vibes around here. I did ask earlier this morning on air, what you'd like us to see covered for the stock of the day. I said you could tweet to me. I also got some emails as well. And so I thought it was pretty tough to pick between these two stocks. So I figured we'll just do them both. First up, Macquarie, posting a 56% jump in annual profit, benefiting from commodity price volatility. Earnings from the capital are more than tripled to $2.4 billion. So why don't we start with Macquarie? Because it's surprising, I think. I know it's a bad day out there, uh, but to see the company down by you know, 6% at one stage of the game, 8% now, June Beilu, was it the caution that the company expressed about the overall economic outlook? Does it warrant an 8% fall? Um, it doesn't warrant an 8% fall. Um, what's happening is, uh, aside from all the other stocks that's been sold off um, in that sector at the moment, um, it's really about um, you know Macquarie trying to guide cautiously. That's what they always do. So they have just posted the incredible result on the back of some of uh, um, you know unexpected event things like uh, energy crisis mm-hmm. and commodity tra- the trading has been incredibly strong. Um, so they just want to start a year with a reasonable expectation uh, for so that they can beat um, in the next. 12 months. So the guidance was saying, look, the first half next um, next year is going to be um, lower. Uh, and clearly last year was incredibly strong. And then the year before was incredibly strong. But this is what they always say at the beginning, well, uh, when they deliver the full year results. Um, and uh, remember last year, they have incredible amount of upgrades. <laughs> um, and uh, it was also same as following, uh, you know, a somber start to the new year. So um, look, nothing to be worried about. I think it's an incredible company. Um, you know, investing in Macquarie is not about buying for the next result. 
result is about invest for the next five, 10 years. Uh, amount of uh, investment they have put into all that renewables, all these assets um, that really have, uh, you know, sort of, um, what do you call it? Um, the future proof their mm. asset pool yeah. uh, instead of just traditional banks where you just generate margin in lending and turning. So it's an incredible business. Uh, today was just really a shareholder just saying, oh, look, there will be consensus downgrade. So is there a buying opportunity in it today? Currently at 186. I mean, when it's under 200, I've heard plenty of times. Mm. Buy. Yeah, it's absolutely a buy. Adam, do you see things any differently? Mm. Because, look, perhaps you can get it cheaper. Well, I mean, that's always the case. You can get it at a zero, maybe one day or two, but it will never happen that way. That's very tongue-in-cheek, everybody. Um, look, uh, Jumbei, I would really hope that the market would actually be aware of what Macquarie does on a regular basis. We all know that yeah. they always well, come out. Yeah, well, that's my point, too. And then, yeah, like, and now you, you get this big hit. Under promise, over deliver. Yeah, and they always do that, and it's a fantastic, it's a buy from me, everybody. I, I, absolutely, I think it's a fantastic business, and I'm really, really comfortable with it. I just feel that the market's overreacting and obviously with the US, it's just exaggerated that fall. Maybe they would have only done a sort of a 2% fall, but it's, it's you know, it's down, what, what did you say? 8%. 8%. 8%. So I mean, you bit, don't see Macquarie Group down 8% very it's, it's often. It's a big fall. But if you look at some of the numbers, I think it's absolutely, their, their common tier equity is at 11.5%. I think that's fantastic. Their ROE is now back up to 18. I mean, that's getting close to really sort of real fantastic businesses. And they've got surplus capital of $10.7 billion, up from $8.8 billion the year before. So times have been good. We always knew that the commodities were going to do well. Potentially a little bit of cooling coming into this one. Like Amcor the other day, like it's already, you know, rallied so hard and mm. there's people just taking a bit of profit. But I think it's a buy. Anything under 200, I'm really comfortable with. Okay, so that is a buy. So there is no hint with either of you that, you know, the best days for Macquarie are over or not at all. No, 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 not, no, at, no. All, not at all. Yeah. Um, they, they know always what they're like, doing. They, 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 exactly. Yeah. And they invest for the much longer term and you yeah. don't buy it for the next result. Yeah. So we've already got a double buy today. Let's get to Atomos because, of course, it's on the smaller end of the index. But... A lot of our viewers have been following this company very closely for a couple of years. It did confirm guidance for FY23 and 24, but warning that sales have slipped so far this year. So it's out with a trading update. Pretty much it was a profit warning. So what do our experts think? Adam Dawes. So why did you pick me first? Because, anyway, right. um, because on the 8th of April, you had a buy <laughs> on Atomos. And I know it's the house view at Sean Partners. Look, you're not alone. No, so, I know. You know, know. there's nothing, nothing the, in it. But I mean, how, how does a shock, I mean, obviously it's a shock downgrade when you've got, you know, the share price down by 40, uh, yeah, 40%. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's up? Look, obviously, profit downgrade in this environment, and this is a growth company, and if you disappoint the market in any sense of the word, it will be very, very harsh on this one. Stock's obviously yeah, continuing to fall. Um, it, it, 36 cents, I think it was. I think it had a lower 30 today. So it's, it's certainly one of those ones that uh, has been hit hard. Obviously, earnings forecast and significant downgrade to sales has been the big thing. They're talking about marketing and, and how they're having to spend. And you were saying something about the MD leaving or something like that as well? Well, yeah. it was recently there was a right. change in CEO uh, at Atomos. So is this now, you know, repeatedly indications of something's going on there? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Something so in, do you sell now? 
from a board level, I think that there is definitely something going on. And if you see the MD leaving with no real succession plan going forward, then you know that there's something happening. And then potentially today is obviously a, a clear indication that there's something mm. going on. Um, do you sell today? Um, look, this is a great little business and has done very well because it's got, it, it does take advantage of um, a lot of technology that people have from their iPhones and everything else. Like it's, it's a great technology. Um, it's a hold. I guess you're going to wear the pain now. The pain. Well, yeah. But what can you do down here? I mean, mm. unless Jumbe is probably going to disagree. Well, but, unless uh, you have fund, yeah. I guess, unless no, you've fundamentally, really changed your view. I, I, no, I think, I think, you know, the skeletons in the closet, I don't think they're all out yet. Okay, so we've seen one profit downgrade. We've seen a management change. There's probably another downgrade to come along here. And then that's probably the time to buy. But I think if you've got some, I think you'd be okay to hold because the technology is, is there. And tech has been getting absolutely... Yeah, the market is in no mood to tolerate any sort and of bad news. And the reason why tech's getting belted is because everyone was willing to pay 100 times for these businesses. Now they're only willing to pay 30 times for these businesses. And the value is now coming back down. So potentially at 30 cents, somewhere around there, there's some value in some of these things. But I don't know when the bleeding stops. So I'm going to say hold. It's interesting. So in this trading update, it's got a lot of detail about a response to its new products. And it's saying that after considering feedback at NAB, which is a big uh, tech uh, conference, saying the company intends via promotional activity and discounting to rapidly increase its installed base of cloud-enabled products to further optimize take-up of its new cloud services. But it will have that short-term earnings impact confirming, and it should say, annual recurring revenue guidance for FY23 and 2024. So it's tough, isn't it? It's coming out, it's acknowledging all these issues, it's not been selling, is the basic takeaway though. Well, that, that's exactly what they're saying. I'm sorry, we can't sell enough products, so we have to discount and sell them. Yeah. Uh, look, for a share price to be down more than 40%, it's angry selling. It's not really reflecting of you know the fundamental or anything else. Someone just lost faith, or you know, a group of investors lost faith, just want to sell it. Now, um, I don't blame them, because if you look at what's been happening, so you know, so they had previously had a CEO, and he left, and then they appointed a new one, and then she only just stayed for a very short while, and then she left a few weeks ago, um, and then at the time, Time, uh, board reaffirmed the guidance um, and then now you know just a few weeks later and then they changed the guidance so you know it's very difficult for external um, you know minority investor really to work out what's happening you know why has things um, changed so quickly and why did she really leave and you know whether there's anything in the closet I think this this um, so at this point I feel this stock is either a buy or sell so you know the question is how easier to pull the sell trigger because um, you know just because we don't know we, we can't lift all these um, um, you know the, the list to see really what's there because we're outside the business mm. and like Adam said um, you know there could be another downgrade because or maybe the company's not on top of it so we need to know more and that is um, you know company need to give more explanation more transparency and clarity of really what happened rather than we can't sell enough products um, you know sale can't have just dropped in the last couple of weeks no but you mm. said it's either a buy or a sell so mm. let's just put the question out there would you be buying this to put into your portfolio? I would be selling it today. Yeah. yeah. So you would sell if you were a holder because mm. the bad news might not be over. It's it's that's right, and it's too unclear to really yeah. work out what's happening. Got it. Thank mm. you guys. So that is two stocks of the day. Let's get to the companies that have been nominated by you, our viewers. Thank you as well for getting those in. And remember, this is information only. It's not financial advice. This is for Max Elmo, Elmo Software again. Software 
It's a tough business to be in right now in terms of market reaction. Um, what do you think of Elmo Jume? Look, I think Elmo, again, it's a, as you said, it's a tough space is because the company is still burning a lot of cash. Um, any company or any sector that's burning cash is going through a very tremendously difficult period because money costs more, uh, just costs more to really raise and, you know, um, and to, to really spend. And do they have access to all these capital? Now, this company, it has done quite well in Australia in the HR software space, um, you know, and then just reached that kind of tipping point where it possibly can be, um, you know, get the scale benefit within Australia. But they continue to invest very strongly and just recently expanded into new market. Um, so, um, you know, so it has yet to demonstrate to investors that scale, uh, you know, sort of leverage will come through. Um, and just given the amount of investment, it's, um, you know, the, the significant investments committed to, um, I think it's a very challenging space. I'll be avoiding it for now. Even though it reiterated its FY22 guidance mm. for annual recurring mm. revenue, which was at the top mm. end of guidance. But that is Jumbe's view on Elmo. What's yours? I'm going to go the other side because we cover this stock and uh, we've got a buy on it. So I'm going to stay with my analyst on it and uh, stick with the buy because of that, the top end guidance for 2022, they did reiterate it. Uh, annual recurring revenue did, did decline a little bit. So that's probably where the market is getting a little bit more concerned about what's going on. But certainly overall, strong operating cash uh, available in there. They're expecting their fourth quarter to continue and they are spending a lot of money. So, it, it, you know, you need to do that with your tech side of things. I think all tech's getting thrown out at the moment and there is gonna be huge value that is being now started to be created on this. Um, they are looking for EPS growth in 2023. It does sound like a long time away from here, but they are looking for EPS growth of around 22%. So. I think there's some there's some bargains down here for this one. Um, most tech stocks are getting hit, so there, there's got to be some kind of rationalisation sooner or later. And I think Elmo's in the boring side of tech, HR, cloud computing, that kind of thing. And that's probably where you could probably start. And then uh, we could look at the higher stuff and the more riskier stuff later. So I'm going to stay with my analyst, and it's a buy. Okay. High risk. High risk. High risk. Yeah, I was just uh, sort of reading over some analysis from RBC Capital Markets. They've got a they've got an outperform on the company as well. Just saying that it does see uh, growth coming through. So that's Elmo Software. You had a sell on that, correct? That's right. Yeah. Wait. Avoid. Um, let's get to Seven West Media. So here's a company, you know, a lot of these media companies, again, are looked upon as pretty boring. They've had, uh, they're very cyclical. We all know that. Mm. But right now, it seems as if they're in a bit of a sweet spot, doesn't it? It, it does with um, election coming up. They yeah. should be doing really, really well with the amount of ad spend that's going on at the moment. But the problem is that's not really flowing through to the bottom line, especially with Seven West and NEC or Nine. I should say this one's for Jack. He's considering jumping in after the positive update that came through this week. We heard from a lot of these companies at that Macquarie conference, Nine, to your point, yeah. mentioned as well that things are looking good and upgraded its guidance. Yeah, um, so it's an avoid for me. I don't like media companies at all. I find that a bit insulting, but we'll move past that. <laughs> Not, nothing on, on Ausbiz, but yeah, no, um, media companies for me, um, I, They've done really well with the streaming side of things and the and the seven plus and the, all that kind of stuff that they've got, you know, that sort of uh, extra media that they've put on. But really, at the end of the day, it's all about advertising and advertising has been really, really tough. Uh, the reopening trade, yes, that's happened as well. But for me, uh, Seven West Media and Nine are both voids. 
I, uh, I'm on the other side on this one. Um, I love that I, you guys are not agreeing about everything. Well. You haven't seen John for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we haven't spoken for we a while. We didn't plan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so with Seven, look, I, I always believe everything has a price. So, um, you know, with Seven West Media, um, you're not really paying much for um, its earnings, really. You're probably paying three times. Um, expect the current earnings to continue three years. That's all you're paying. Um, you know, we know the TV is structurally cha challenging things. We've got streaming. We've got everything else. Um, so Seven is very much exposed to that. However, you know, we uh, last few years we have had really tough um, you know the ad market and then TV has come back in a big way not only it's coming back because it had really tough time it's coming back also because um, you know consumer has spent so much money on you know buying goods and everything and then the uh, the, the, the corporates and sitting on so much cash have realized that they need to invest to keep that consumer engagement um, online companies offline companies everyone spending so we have seen some of those TV spend increase incredibly strong um, and um, aside from election and um, election normally benefits the TV really well mm. you know which we already see some of those come through yes costs are higher which is across the board we see higher costs across pretty much all the corporates um, but for these guys when um, you know when the demand is strong you can start charging on the spot rate right you start charging you have a bit more visibility higher prices um, will benefit for, for them for the time being it's enormous amount of cash flow coming through for this company I think eventually it will get taken out um, just simply because it will sit better um, as part of a bigger group, you know, where you get more leverage, you know, cross-media platform sale. Um, and uh, but at this point, um, you know, clearly it's sitting individually by itself, um, it is generating a lot of cash, um, and you're not paying much for it. And the operating environment is very, very strong. So I think it's a buy. Yeah, and they've taken the cost out of the business already. You know, they That's were sort right. of pre-inflation taking cost out of the business That's out right. of necessity. <laughs> Got it. All right. Next on the list is for Linda, and this always. Um, yeah, always sort of, well, I'll let the question stand for itself. So EM Vision Medical Devices, EMV is the ticker code. Linda says she likes the biotech space. This popped up on her radar after its announcement with Keysight Technologies in the United States. So what do the experts think? Do they have a preferred pick in the space? So this is medical imaging. I don't know if you'd really call it a biotech. Um, I haven't it's done a lot of it. Yeah, medtech, it's more yeah. medtech. Um, now, I know that uh, oftentimes the guests say it's binary, you know, you either achieve success through phase three trials, but that's very much in the biotech space. You know, mm. medtech is something very different. So what do you know about this company? What do you think about commercialization of medical imaging and mm. the fact that it's just done this deal? Yeah, look, um, it, uh, so Australia actually has a really, um, you know, great track record for medtech to do yeah. really well. Um, and, you know, the likes of Cochlear and others. So we actually have good, really good track record. Um, and this one, it does seem like um, it's in the interesting space. It's a good deal. Um, but it does still look like it's, it's, it's early stage for you to really get um, that kind of scale benefit uh, to sort of see profitability, <laughs> see clear path of profitability. I look through the consensus forecast. Look, you know, still going to take very many years um, before you can see any type of uh, earnings flowing through. So uh, for me, that is a bit too long trajectory at this point. And that space, at, uh, in terms of what investors are paying at the moment, um, you know, are very challenged um, just in terms of you know, high multiples growth companies all being sold off. And that whole space is, um, is, is essentially experiencing the same thing. Yeah. Mm. You agree? I agree. <laughs> we might not agree at any of the other ones, but I agree mm. with Shumbay on this one. Um, th for me, um, 
So medical devices have at least path to resistance to get FDA approval or to get that kind of approval. Whereas if you put something, ingest something into mm -hmm. your, your body or put something into your body, there's huge amounts of money that needs to be spent to get that done. So medical device is actually quite a good way to, uh, to generate revenue. But the catalyst is for this one is that the first gen device that they intend for commercialization is great. And the, and the announcement, as, as the viewer said, around key site technologies in the US is, is also very good. But the problem is also with hospitals, they don't have a lot of funding and they usually work on a lot of stuff that's basically um, you know, old equipment. And so this new fandangle thing comes through, they've got to spend money, they've got to change processes. And it's really, really difficult to get these devices to be used inside of the hospitals, which means that there's got to be a huge sales staff or sales force to go out there and try and sell that. And then there's extra costs that's overlaid on top of that as well. No, so for me, this one would be an avoid. I, I don't see, um, I would stay within the big end of town um, and, you know, um, Sonic Healthcare, CSL, those kinds of businesses, ResMed, bit of a downgrade the other day. So um, th that's where I'd see to look versus staying in these smaller companies with a long track record of not being able to succeed. Just yes. to give Linda something, go ahead. Oh, I, w I, was just, I was just going to add on top of it that, you know, when you, people at the moment worry about the market, you know, all the growth company just being sold off, yeah. all of them, and people simply don't want to buy anything. I think, you know, if we look to the history, um, you know, very soon we will see some of the top leader within the growth businesses will start to do well because as people start worry about the, you know, recession and that type of thing. And uh, then, so you need to then break it down what type of growth company you want to buy. You know, it certainly is not the ones that doesn't make money. Mm -hmm. You want to buy the ones that have proven track record, have good, um, you know, long-term growth, you know, things like CSL, things like ResMed yeah. had a tough result, but so, so what, it was three month result, next yeah. result be better. Correct. You know, you take opportunity to buy these companies. Don't worry about, it's almost a bottom draw. You know, you buy CSL, buy ResMed from, uh, at this price, um, in a year's time, it will be higher. Whereas if you buy the, um, profitable one like this one like some of the other um, you know unprofitable businesses it will take longer for you to actually know when that might bottom because they need capital mm. um, you know we are going through money's gonna cost a lot more so um, and if you in the his historical thing if we break down the um, uh, S&P uh, well the Nasdaq um, during the tough times um, it's the, the the strongest tech the you know the Microsoft all these businesses that actually have good markets um, they outperform meaningfully um, compared to the normal normal markets so you know just need to be careful in this market and it actually does present a lot of opportunity for the growth businesses. Mm. Mm. So do you also agree with Adam that CSL or ResMed would be a good buy now? Absolutely I think you'd be just buying it today don't worry about it don't even look at the share price for the next um, I don't know whatever time it will be higher in 12 mm -hmm. months. Got it okay thank you thanks Linda let's get to the number the number four on our list actually is Warley for Karen look she's just interested in getting a view on Warley um, I suppose there's a lot to take into consideration with Warley. There's a lot to think about in terms of oil and gas production, exploration, um, margins. Mm. You know, you can also talk its push toward more green technologies and uh, you like it. It's, it's going to be a table thumper for me. But table anyway, thumper. Let's, let's keep going. Write it down, Nino. <laughs> yeah. Tell us why. Uh, exactly what you're talking about. Oil and gas engineering is fantastic and obviously it was uh, a little bit on the nose uh, six months ago, but obviously now everyone's potentially sh uh, short, not short oil, but short of uh, oil reserves. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to have to look for new greenfields. Uh, we know the Saudi Arabia is actually absolutely going out exploring in these large areas and they need oil and gas engineering businesses to do that. 
But really why it's a table thumper for me is, is that green energy transition. We all know by 2030, 2050, there's gonna be millions, in fact, trillions and billions and trillions of dollars needed to be spent to become net zero. And we're gonna to have to do that by producing solar farms, wind farms, all of these kinds of things that, that um, Wally is now positioning themselves to do that. I think it's around about sort of three to 4% of their revenue at the moment. They're looking to grow that by up to 25% of their revenue in the next five to 10 years. So this thing is just, and if you look at the chart, it actually looks really, really good. It's just ticking up nicely. There you go. So that's the kind of chart that you want. It's going to continue to go forward. I think this could easily get to sort of close to $18 um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, and, and then continue to move. So yes, it's, it's a, a buy from me. It's a buy from Adam Dawes. Will it be from Jumbe Lu from Tribeca? I, I must say I, I agree on this one as well. Um, on, on many different aspects, I think this, look, it's, it's, um, uh, it's essentially it's a share price very much linked to the, it's mm -hmm. like oil deriv derivative yep. because it's of services or these uh, uh, drillers and things. And, uh, and another thing I love about this business is future, what it does, right? It's, it's investing to future proof its future revenue, yep. revenue stream. Now, um, why is it important? There's a huge amount of ESG focus now across the ASX. Um, most of the fund managers or most of the um, you know, institutional investors, uh, we all look at the ESG momentum. So it doesn't have to be the best in class, which, you know, best in class across all the businesses, probably literally only three companies or four mm. companies that we can invest in. Everyone's looking at businesses, how they can improve. So if your ESG score, things like future proofing your portfolio and, you know, future revenue stream coming from the green energy, um, all of that will show, you know, rates significantly more positive than their peers. And Wally actually is rated quite highly on that basis. Mm. So I do think that future flow into the ESG with that ESG conscious investing will We'll have a lot of money, um, you know, into things like Worley. Um, aside from its current earnings, actually leveraged to the upside given the energy prices. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Um, so Worley is a buy from both of our guests. So that will be going to the investment committee and I'll update you on that in just a moment. Only thing is, um, I think that in the short term, did, uh, so, I have, so I think they didn't present at the Macquarie conference. They were meant to. Oh, were they? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, it, would you so they, read that that's a no-show or? Uh, so they pull out. So normally people get a bit nervous when companies do that, but it could be just maybe there's an announcement coming or, you know, usually there's something. COVID, you know. So, yeah, so, so just, just a, <laughs> it could be something coming, could be a downgrade. But, um, you know, Wally, you're not investing for like this oh, result. Great. It's because they've gone through a really tough time because lockdown and, you know, yeah. staffing costs and things. But um, it's next 12 months, it's looking good. Yeah, can't see anything on the end. ASX website referencing its no-show at the Macquarie conference, but that's just good fodder. Nice to know. Um, speaking of the ASX, that's next on the list. Nice. Yeah. Segue. Okay. <laughs> Stock number five for Brett. This is the ASX Incorporated, you know, the actual limited company. Okay, please. Now this is the context. Like to know the long-term potential. I was just looking, and you know, the big brokers. Macquarie is the only one that appears to like it. You know, you got everything from underweight to reduce to sell from City and UBS. What do you think of ASX? Look, it's, it, it's, it's a defensive company. It's a very expensive defensive company. Normally it grows at that sort of low single digit growth um, and you're paying 30 times for it. Mm. Um, and it doesn't, you know, um, and, and then it's been a, you know, almost a monopoly for years and years and it's been 
doing quite well, creating different services and generating um, earnings growth, but that's 2% and you're paying a lot for it. And now, and the issue is now competition is coming in, mm -hmm. you've got Chaya, it's got your few other things coming through, and then they're serious. Those competitions are serious. Um, and, um, you know, going forward, does that mean long term they can still grow at that low single digit? Might be challenged. Um, so just at this point, I think it's just a little bit too expensive for what it is. Um, and um, given how many other quality companies you can buy uh, with much better growth profile and is still very defensive earnings stream, we're talking about CSL and others, um, far cheaper compared to, to, to this, or not far cheaper, but cheaper compared to um, uh, based on its growth profile. Yeah, so ASX, too expensive in Junbei's view, defensive. I mean, is there a place in a portfolio for ASX? When we're talking about competition, yeah. um, Chiax, now yeah. called SIBO Australia, mm. you know, they've come in, that's a formidable opponent, and you're yeah. starting to see more even, you know, of, of products being issued and issuances coming to SIBO. Yeah, and, and traditionally ASX have been really slow to get products to market as well, and they've had, and they've struggled uh, with that a lot. Um, I'm with Jumbo on this one. I don't think you need to be there. It's not an avoid though, because if you hold it, dividend yield is okay. Um, but going into the next quarter and into next year, we are going to see capital raising starting to slow down. And we've already started to see that ECM market mm. really is tightening up at the moment. So that's a big part of their overall uh, revenue stream. Equities is gonna to continue to go. There will be volume going through, but I just don't think people like, yesterday it was it was a great day but like it it was really quiet on the desk like mm. i just think people are getting a little bit nervous and just a little bit sort of let's wait and see what's happening and that's just going to transflow into those volume equities as well they are doing some futures and derivatives which is fairly good but that is also a very very sh it's a hugely shrinking market we're like the third largest uh, derivatives uh, player at Shores here in Australia, and our market's even shrunk as well. So um, that, that higher risk stuff isn't getting traded as well. So unless ASX can come out with some new products, and the big new thing is blockchain for ASX, and that potentially has a, a great catalyst for it to move forward, but that still is taking time and, and a lot of effort from ASX, and they're really just not getting there on that one as well. So for me, it's a hold. The dividend yield will stay there. I think it's gonna be okay but it certainly wouldn't be putting any fresh money into it at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy, when you think growth stocks right now that are attractive, and I know that you've pointed to ones that are profitable or you know exactly when they will mm. be profitable, where is your thinking as to a growth company that you would be happy being invested in? Look, I think the easiest is the healthcare at this okay. point because it's very defensive in terms of earnings. So people start worry about um, you know the future in terms of recession and all that all that um, that sort of worry. Healthcare is incredibly defensive, and many of the healthcare companies like we talked to before, um, earning has been hurt by the COVID. So it's an easy reopening play as well. So healthcare is an easy space. Um, with the tech space, um, I actually think some of them looks alright, but you have to be very careful that some of those tech are not too linked to consumer. So, because, you know, we, we know consumer is going through, well, not yet, but in the next 12 months, consumer will, will have some tough times um, in terms of discretionary pocket shrinking quite quickly. Um, so just be careful that those tech, um, you know, fintech is quite challenged at this point. Yeah. Um, Money is more expensive, harder to churn capital, and then consumer, if consumer go through some sort of, you know, crunch or spending less, um, you know, directly flow through to their business model, you know, whether that business model will be sustainable or not. It's harder um, so yeah so you know stay with the big ones stay with the ones that kind of don't require the e economic activity to be really strong yeah you're not being tempted then by some of these big falls and the likes of 
trying to think of some life what? 360 or nitro or, or any of that uh i actually i quite like like 360 to be but honest it's been but terrible yeah. i think you've got it in the portfolio don't yeah you? so we got it in the portfolio and i quite like that business look it's one of those unprofitable unprofitable business so it's the same thing um but that one because it's actually not linked to the economic activity it's really about you know with that, that sort of um, what do you call it that kind of economy uh tracking economy is growing significantly um and then apple has really significantly expanded that um, that market so um, and then we see in the latest data continue to expand and grow very strongly so I actually think that one looks quite good um, and then they got enough capital they raised the capital and uh, they got enough capital to fund them so um, so I think that one actually looks quite interesting yeah it's down by 10.3 percent mm. today so potentially a buy for life 360 well I think <laughs> it's, it's very hard to say stepping in and buy that's what we're saying so when, when you look at the unprofitable businesses yeah. um, for us it's easy we're long short so we can hedge on the other yeah. side if I buy this one, I'll be shorting something that's unprofitable. Um, as a long-only buyer, you know, because they're unprofitable, maybe you can chip away. You know, when it falls 10%, you chip away. Um, but just be mindful. Got it. I'm looking forward to Thursday next week, zero reporting. Yeah, mm. that was another contender for stock of the day. Yeah. But mm. I thought since there was no news, we'd stick with the, the other ones. So next Thursday, I think they're going to report really well. I think they're going to be okay. Um, this isn't a business that is linked to the consumer. Yes, mm. it is a part of businesses, but businesses need this no matter if they're doing well, bad, or, or good or bad or whatever. They still need to do their accounts, and Zero is one of those businesses that's entrenched inside many, many businesses going forward, Australia, New Zealand, and then the growth side of in, in the US and the UK. So Thursday next week, we're going to definitely be watching that one very closely. I think that's very interesting. A lot of us, we are watching because it's such a high quality business. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think smoked. when it gets sold off like that, you certainly want to positioning. But the problem is so far, almost all the tech, whoever has reported, regardless of the mm -hmm. result, yeah. uh, have all gone down. <laughs> so it's, it's $88, um, less than $88 yeah, right that's now. That's right. For me, it was $100 was the mark. So whenever it goes under 100 I'll yeah. start accumulating. Um, but I think this result, I think result be good based on all the indicators the result will be good. I um, bought some more at 90.50 the other day and I thought I was a hero. Yeah. I went to 93. Yeah, yeah, like, it goes up. Yes, yeah. so that's right. Yeah. Smacked again. Stay calm, Adam. Stay calm. <laughs> okay, uh, look, I'll give you guys a bit of a break for now. Let me just update on uh, our six, actually, our seven stocks so far. Macquarie is a buy from both of my guests. Jumbe says it always updates cautiously and guides cautiously. You're investing in this one for the future. Elmo, it's a buy for Adam Dawes at Sean Partners. It's an avoid for Jumbay. Um, look, it's just a, a tough market to be in right now. All right, let's get to 7 West Media. Really split on this one. It is an avoid for Jumbay. Oh, sorry, I just got distracted because I forgot a Thomas. I'm going to rewind and go back to a Thomas. So it's a hold for Adam Dawes, who has had a buy on the company. Um, Look, he doesn't love what's happening right there, but he believes in the product going forward. It is a sell for Jumbe. She said today is an expression of anger from an investor or investors, but she's not convinced. And it's uh, not the place you want to be when it's in a downgrade cycle. And uh, a little bit of uncertainty about what's going on at the company with CEOs in, out, and every which way. Let's get to 7 West Media and avoid for Adam Dawes. It's a buy for Jumbe. Everything has a price, she said. And... Uh, it's a good buy. Costs are out of the business. EM Vision Medical Devices for Linda. 
Again, Jumbei is just asking, when is it going to be profitable? You don't want to be holding a company like this when you don't know when it's going to be making profit. She names CSL, she names ResMed as companies to invest in in that space, as did Adam Dawes. He would be avoiding EM Vision Medical Devices. Warley, it's a buy from both of my guests. It's a table-thumping buy for Adam Dawes. ASX, Jumbei says it's just expensive growth. It's expensive for any other growth that you, you'd be getting with it, even on the long-term basis, Brett. And Adam says it's a hold. He's saying it's still paying a dividend yield. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with it. Not very exciting, perhaps, was the takeaway. All right, so this portfolio is a high conviction fund and it is ultimately determined by our investment committee. So in the latest episode, well, it's up online. You can watch it yourself, osbiz.com.au. Companies that we take from this program get put toward and in front of the investment committee, which then decide what's going in. In it, Tabcorp, Domino's, Ardent Leisure, Tyro. Those were all added this month. And so we shifted some of the original allocations around and as well the cash holding side. So prior we had 20% being held in cash. It's currently at 8%. Now the fund is down 2% on a cumulative return basis since its inception on March the 1st. Keep sending your requests. We'll keep putting it in front of our investment committee. If you've got some time this weekend, worthwhile catching up on that most recent episode. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Welcome back to the program. Over the next few minutes, we will be covering Nick Scully, Auckland Airport, Pinnacle as well for Luke. If you're watching to us, the ticker code is TUA for Riley and HUM, H-U-M, which is uh, yeah, subject of a takeover. So let's get to this list. Nick Scully, N-C-K. This one's for Abby, no context, but we do know that Nick Scally updated, reporting uh, that net profit fell by about 6.6% in the period to 35.6 million, but it did see its gross profit margin for Nick Scally division rise by about 30 basis points. Junbei, I'll start with you. Furniture, in you know, the most basic sense of the word, we know that the housing market is likely to slow. Mm. Uh, we know that through the pandemic, we had such a tailwind for some of these home-related companies. Mm. Are the best days over for Nick Scali? Yeah, look, it's interesting. It's theoretically sounds like the best days over, but the problem is they have so much supply chain issues that they couldn't actually deliver all these goods. So the pipeline actually is enormous. And one of the biggest reasons for the share price fall was actually they couldn't get the products <laughs> ready. Yeah. And uh, so that's why share price really gone through some challenges. Now the um, the latest, so we saw them uh, just a few days ago, they talked to, um, you know, apparently port in, uh, in Asia, in China now started loosening up. So they started actually seeing shipments started coming through. Um, and that is positive. So you should see, um, you know, next six months, things should look still pretty good for this company. Um, but however, um, you know, like we said, you know, share price investors like to look forward. Mm -hmm. And the forward looking certainly looks like consumer will go through a bit of challenging periods. Um, and then the housing prices, um, while still reasonable, but in some areas we started seeing housing prices falling. Um, and if we follow the indicator of New Zealand, um, you know, house price down 6% um, on, on the national average. So it's actually quite significant after numerous rate rises. So, you know, 
you know, is that what we're facing? It could be. So, um, you know, for the housing retailers, I think for the next 12 months, it's going to, um, for next six months will look pretty good in terms of earnings. But beyond that, I think share price will be quite challenging just because the forward looking is going to look a little bit tougher. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, City has a buy on it. Macquarie has an outperform on it. Yeah. What is your view? I've been selling this one for clients. Okay. Um, over the last uh, month to two months, we've been sort of just moving out uh, for that. Um, all to what both of you have said, uh, it, absolutely right. The, the other side of that is that they've, it's not just Nick Scalia, they've got Plush and they've got the online business as well. And the online business grew about 48%. So there is some glimmer of hope in there. But the overall arching period for this is that, that I can't see that the housing market is going to get any better. We know interest rates are rising. We know inflation is staying high and will continue to be there. The wealth effect is going to affect people. Do they buy a new couch? Potentially not. They might just sit on the old crappy one for the next 12 months and wait. So I, yeah, I, for me, I've been selling this one for clients. I just don't think you need to be there. Got it. Thank you. And, you know, sometimes you just buy a new couch because you want a new couch, not because the old one's crappy, right? So it's one of those <laughs> real discretionary kids, purchases. If you've got kids, it's always crappy. Yeah? Oh, I have kids. Yeah, yeah, so do I. So, you know, it's... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll leave that one there. All right. Um, my husband's like pedantic about our couch. Oh, There's really? no food on the couch, no drinks on the couch. Yeah. Has he got the plastic over there? He would if I let him. Oh, really? Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> loves our couch. Anyway, uh, we didn't buy it at Nick's Galley. Auckland Airport, AIA for Cooper. Love you, babe. All right. So this is potentially a reopening trade. I mean, we know that visitors can go to New Zealand. They open their borders further to other countries. I can't remember the whole list at right now um and it's an infrastructure play yeah what do you think no oh um I, I, again i'm not a huge fan of this one um it, it, it trades very expensive it was always traded higher than potentially what it's worth um yes domestic travel is currently sort of 50 percent above their pre-pandemic levels so it is starting to grow in the right area I really love Sydney airports. That was my favourite. <laughs> it's all been taken off. And we made really good money out of it. But I just don't think Auckland Airports has uh, the overall um, growth rate that Sydney would, has or did have. And for me, it would be an avoid. If you had it, would you hold it? No, I think it's too expensive. Okay, yeah. we'll sell that one yeah. then for Adam. Okay, what do you think, Jimmy? Um, I think I'm along the line the same way. Uh, it's always trading at that takeover premium. So people always have a view that because it's a small airport, you get taken out. Um, yeah. So it used to actually always trade at a premium to the Sydney airport as well. And I agree with Adam, like we love Sydney airport. And unfortunately, <laughs> it's gone. And then, you know, it's actually around the world, not many airports listed. So, yeah. you know, this one will continue to trade at expensive rates. Um, and, um, you know, while things recovering, look, it's just, it's a lot you're paying. Now, uh, and also do you remember, when um, you know, in terms of valuation for those companies, when the interest rate goes higher, which it is now, mm. um, the discount rate that you use for those mm -hmm. business, the long duration business, um, because they borrow a lot of debt against it as well, so the interest rate will go higher. So the return, the earning, will actually become um, even more challenged, um, despite you know there will be a recovery in terms of the volume. Um, so you know that type of asset in the rising rate environment normally will be under a bit more pressure. Mm -hmm. Plus yep. higher oil prices. So That's in right. other words, then True. everybody raises their prices to. On the like Rex has already mm. done ten bucks. Qantas will raise their prices. Mm. Virgin uh, Air New Zealand will have to raise their prices. And mm. uh, these airports make it by bums on seats and people passing through the gates. And if there's less people passing through the gates mm. because prices are higher, uh, again that's a negative for the mm -hmm. for the mm. business. Okay, Auckland Airport is a sell. Uh, Pinnacle Investment. This one's for Luke. PNI is the ticker code. So Luke's saying, what do you think of it in the wake of its recent sell-off? Do you think that it could be a possible takeover target? Hmm. Well, um, absolutely.
absolutely. Um, and um, look, Pinnacle is probably one of the best, most diverse mm -hmm. um, uh, fund manager that's that's listed. Now, it's not just Pinnacle. All fund manager space has been sold off because market's been challenging. Um, you know, in particular, uh, Pinnacle, it's um, it's because it has a Hyperion, which is a growth manager yeah. that has performed so well for so many years. Um, and uh, obviously, performance is a little bit tough because the growth company's been sold off. Um, you know, so investors are a bit worried about you know what does that mean for future farm growth. Um, they still manage to deliver um, a good farm uplift, which is very very uh, encouraging because you know all thanks to you know Ian's effort of diversifying the portfolio. They've got the Antibody, the value manager, the Ian McClellan, who's the CEO. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which um, you know he's done an incredible job. And I think at this price, um, yes, it still looks expensive because it's traded as a growth business. Um, so I think it will continue. It needs to continue mm. its farm growth. Um, and at this point, it's still growing. And then now we're getting very close to the acquisition. So they've been talked about for quite some time, but because of COVID disruption, they couldn't travel. Um, so, you know, they couldn't travel to meet those managers offshore, apparently in America. Um, I think that's probably coming through very, very soon. Yeah, oh, so, what yeah. acquisitions coming through? So they've been talking about a, a big um, acquisition potentially in, the in America. US. To in the expand US, yeah. in the US. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so you're not talking about Pinnacle being taken over. You're talking about it potentially taking over so, the US. That's right, because it's... Um, yeah. and, well, Pinnacle Haven't we seen other companies, it? fund managers do this and then come back with their tail between their legs? Janice Henderson had <laughs> a shot. Yeah. Correct. So um, for Ian, I think it's whether it's in the fund manager space or in, in other asset classes, right? So they're bought into private equity, they're bought into credit, yeah. uh, they're bought into bonds. Yep. So so I think for Ian, he's talked to a reasonably transformational acquisition. Um, he's been talking about it for so long. Uh, we're all waiting for it to come through. And uh, I think it comes down to Ian couldn't travel, like, you know, the, 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 yeah. the yeah, weather safety and things. And mm -hmm. so now that once he can start travel, that acquisition is going to be very creative. It's coming through. So I think that's one that everyone's waiting for at this point. Yeah. And I've known you long enough to know that you say in terms of fund managers follow the money. Mm. And so the... Mm. FUM, FUM is Needs still grow, increasing. Yeah. yeah, so they managed to generate FUM growth, which is very encouraging. So is this yeah. a buy? It's a buy. You just got a fund manager to say it's buy on yeah, another fund buy. manager. That's yeah. right. So if you remember, I'm a longshore manager, so I play, yeah. play pair trade in the, in the space. So. so you short Magellan, you buy Pinnacle, yeah? Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, she's looking at me to save her. Yeah, that's right. Well, no, you've already shorted Magellan. And we made you money. Made money on that. Yeah, that's so you right. don't do that. But then you short Pendle, maybe, because, you know, they're in the takeover sites. And do you think, I don't think that's going to go ahead. So yeah, that's going to be tough, right? So yeah. because it's all script and then the perpetual price yeah, is correct. falling. So correct. it's going to be challenging. Yeah. Um, and Pendle is the one that's quite exposed to the whole European space. Oh, um, you know, Europe is going to go through some really challenging economic yeah. space, like, environment mm. yeah. so i think that space is going to be really really hard yeah, yeah. there you go you got some insights into the portfolio everybody <laughs> Thanks, um, would you like to ask me pinnacle investment <laughs> management uh, what, do you think it's you a think? buy because that chart that you know cha indicates yeah. that you know and, there could be some value there and i remember when magellan was absolutely getting torched and pinnacle was at 18 dollars. we're all like wow this this thing this thing can't can't do any wrong like this thing cannot do any wrong now down at $8, it actually looks quite interesting. Obviously, it is all about farm inflow and it's all about insto flow as well as retail. Insto was up, retail was up only by sort of, you know, half a billion kind of thing. So, but I think Magellan would love inflow versus outflow. So, mm. um, yeah, where do you put your money? I think PNI is a good place to do that. Um, I really like Jumbe's comments on that uh, extra um, uh, allocation to the US and then bringing some more fund inflow. That's going to cost a bit of money. So I think you've got to be a little bit careful. I don't know how much cash they got 
and how they're going to do that deal. So that would be something that I'd be a little bit concerned about. But I think most of the streets got pretty much a buy on this one. And at about eight bucks, even longer, I, I think this one's okay. So I, I'd, I'd stay with a buy on that. Macquarie Perform, UBS a buy, Ords and Accumulate Morgans is an ad. That's all I've got in front yeah. of me right now. To us, to us, T-U-A is the ticker code. Um, this is for Riley. Thanks for writing in. Um, what is TUA? I mean, that's the place to start. Yeah, yeah look, it's it's um, it's a split out uh, out of the TPG. Correct. Um, and essentially, it's right. David Teo who yep. Um, yep. found the TPG and done incredibly well. He's actually it's his vehicle. So yep. he, you know, he's the chairman. I think his sons on the. Um, management team and all of that. So um, it's essentially backing him um, of um, doing creating TPG again in Singapore, purely mm -hmm. Singapore. Yeah. Now, um, the, for two years now, they're over there. They have um, essentially be the lowest cost, the lower cost um, sort of package over there. Um, you know, Singapore is a market where you know competition is extremely fierce. It's not you know Australia competition has been tough, but over there it's completely different. Mm -hmm. So uh, in two years, I think they won half a million subscribers. Um, you know, I think they just reach that kind of break-even point um, in, in Singapore. Um, whether they can do it, it's really just, you know, whether you back David Thiel to do mm -hmm. it again in probably one of the most competitive markets. So do you? Um, um, I think it's quite tough. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite tough. Um, much rather to play the domestic telcos, uh, the likes of TPG. Actually, things are turning a little bit for them. Uh, mobile, mobile market seems to be, um, you know, normalizing. Um, and um, and then they compare uh, cycling some easy comps very, very soon. So, um, you know, that certainly looks a lot more interesting and you're looking at growth next 12 months um, whereas this one you know it's a bit um, bit of a black box um, mm -hmm. even the disclosure is not great so very difficult to get inside yeah I mean and this is not particularly related but you know even the man himself David Teo was always a bit of an enigma you know never really That's gave true. interviews never really mm. came out and fronted mm. um, yeah. in any way shape or form so would you back him so I own some of this stock, Do so you? yeah, I personally. So um, I back David. I think he, he's a very, very smart operator. He owns 34% of this business. So um, I, I'm okay to hold it. I don't think it's a buy. I'm okay to hold it. I hold it myself. So disclaimers out there on that one. Um, but I think that overall, these guys will do really, really well because he does know that Singapore market. I think he's from Singapore or Hong Kong. Malaysia. Malaysia. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I think I think you'll do well. They have flagged some higher cost uh, going cost headwinds going through from rising electricity costs and so and some rebranding as well. Obviously, rebranding is is been tough, but um, I, I think he's going to do okay in this one. And he's got the he's got the now he's got the know how. So I'd be holding this one. Um, in the Australian side, I've always uh, Aussie Broadband. It got whacked the yeah. other day. Mm -hmm. um, bit of a downgrade with the. Well, other. and then it came out the next day and clarified, saying, "Well, put in over the wire acquisition um, yeah. because it was absolutely yeah. hammered." Yeah, and and that that's my top pick in in the in the telco space is Aussie Broadband. I really like it. Uh, I do own shares in that one as well. But um, you know that one, I think I'd be happy to get behind um, on, on the Australian side. So it's a hold. Quick me. thought on Aussie Broadband. A little bit expensive, and uh, I think you know it was oversold. And clearly, once they clarify, then it looks mm -hmm. a bit better. Over um, the wire acquisition is going to be yeah. really good for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so yeah. too. So I think it looks interesting. Um, but for me, I, at this point, I probably prefer a little bit low risk mm -hmm. um, sort of play, which is um, TP. You can go for the Telstra, but you know TPG give you a bit more, and small cap managers will start putting them into their portfolio. And this one, you know, mm -hmm. will have a bit, fair bit of momentum in terms of earnings upgrades. So I think that one is sort of on of the size that will be quite. Um, attractive. Yeah. 
Okay, thank you for that, guys. Now we are, I've timed it perfectly. Um, our last on the list is Hum. Hum is for Henry, who says, I'm a shareholder getting concerned after it flagged more headwinds in its recent report. Is now the time to sell? Um, I sort of last on the list and do a lot of looking into Hum. I know it well. It's, uh, well, it's transitioned to BNPL. Um, it was a profitable BNPL for a long time, but doesn't it have an offer on the table from Latitude? No? Uh, does it? I don't yeah. know. You said that it was on uh, Yeah, because yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I thought I missed it. Yeah, um, I, but I vaguely remember there was something. That was, was a few something. months ago. Was I, that a few months ago? Okay, so shares saw an acquisition interest, so maybe nothing came of it. But okay, I, yeah, okay. A stake was acquired. So that's the old Flexi Group. Um, yeah. So um, it was a profitable business, uh, unsecure lending, um, you know, with all the retailers and, and yep. the like, uh, trying to transition into uh, buy now, pay later at the wrong time. And uh, now, obviously, not rewarded by. Um, you know, that component of the business. Yeah, like all those companies that rebranded as buy now, pay later, regretting that. Just at the very top yeah. of the market. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like yeah. a mining company going yeah. to a, a online business or an online yeah, business. Online business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it did put out its third quarter business update, yes. I guess, at the beginning of the month. And it saw volumes up 31 and a half. Yeah. Look, it's a, it's a tough business. Uh, it's a very tough business. It's a very old school business and it's tough. And, uh, um, you know, all these, um, you know, when they talk about headwind and things, they always had the headwind. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, so for me, um, you know, I think your capital is probably better invested elsewhere. Okay. Mm. So it sold, because I knew that I knew, you know, it, just, it was driving me crazy. It announced the sale of its consumer finance business, HCF, to Latitude. Latitude, right. Yeah. So that makes sense. So they used to do, didn't they do radio rentals and uh, was uh, that radio rental TGA was or it, that was no, Thorn Group, Thorn Group, and, and then it became something else. Yeah, um, became something that that else. got taken out by Latitude. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, radio rental. Yeah, Latitude has been definitely aggressive in the market. Mm. Uh, for me, it's a no. Um, mm. um, if you're going to be in the buy now, pay later space, you want to stay in the top end. This mm. has always been the third, fourth, fifth cousin uh, inside of that. Um, I think overall, they've really tried to rebrand and, and do that, but it, it just hasn't worked. Um, they, they did say that their net profit is going to be sort of or, or, or maintain their guidance uh, for around about that $10 million and they're looking for a dividend of 30 to 40% payout ratio. Still, that doesn't really, really excite me and there's plenty of other places to put your money. So no from me. Okay, so there you go. That last one was for Henry. Henry is hums a no. Okay, let's just recap the last few shares. So Nick Scully, it's a sell for Adam Dawes, who's been doing that on behalf of his clients uh, as well. Jumbe questions, you know, really what's coming down the pipeline in this interest rate environment, what's happening with consumers and the reopening as well. Auckland Airport, uh, Adam says it's just too expensive. It doesn't matter if it's, uh, you know, a hard asset. He avoids it. He would sell it. Jumbe agrees. It's always trading with a takeover premium, not hum. Oops. Hi, Auckland Airport. Pinnacles, this is a buy for both of my guests. We've had quite a lot of, um, of double buys coming through. Macquarie, Worley, and as well Pinnacle. And Jumbe just talks about the, the likely potentially transformational acquisition that it could go and do in the United States now. And it's a buy, you just think it looks yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. especially yeah, after its share prices Inflows. come down. Yeah, 2S, Adam holds it himself. He says it's a hold. He prefers ABB in that space. Jumbe would rather go for a TPG. Uh, because this is just leveraged to Singapore and it's really just backing uh, its uh, founder, Dave Teo. All right, and Hum Group, you just heard it. It's a tough business and it's an avoid. 
Guys, that was really fun. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us, Absolutely. both Thank of you. you. It's Adam's fantastic. coming back for a drink at 3.45. You're welcome if you've got nothing to do. But Next I won't, no, no pressure, no pressure. Um, look, guys, thank you again, and uh, thank you for sending in all of your questions. Please continue to do so. The call at ausbiz.com.au. You can also tweet. We got a lot of response when I asked for stock a day today, Ausbiz TV, or you can always tweet to me at Nadine Blaney, just my name on Twitter. And if you'd like to look at that portfolio, it's ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio.